Dear Brambling, it's Uncle Luke here. So welcome back to the second part of my conversation with my cousin Sarah Helton. Um, I hope you enjoyed part one. Uh, I know that I did, and uh, I'm really excited to share part two with you. I feel like it's even better. I don't know. I just, uh, I really do enjoy it. I should um, let you all know that we do talk about some really uh, brave and vulnerable things, and, uh, you know, uh, if there is ever a moment where things feel too real for you or too intense, no one is judging you or um, blaming you if you need to take a moment to pause and to reflect and think and uh, make a choice that works for you. However, um, I do hope that uh, you'll at least try to listen to the whole thing, um, you know, just because I'm, you know, I, I hope you do. Because <laughs> um, I do think there's some really valuable and incredible lessons that Sarah shares with us. And um, anyways, I, I don't really want to hold you up any longer. So, you know, without any further ado, let's just jump into that conversation. also in CBT and, and DBT they do that and similar idea except it's it's the thought the feeling the emotion the reaction and anxiety I think I spoke to the depression is I associate it a lot with not being able to move on or forget from the past mm. having a hard time moving on from the pain that you've experienced in the past yes and that's difficult because we can't change it we do have to come to this level of acceptance and and grieve it and feel our feelings then eventually feel lighter and and carry it in a different way instead of pulling it and dragging it it's like absorbed and you are removed around a bit right you might not forget about it entirely but it it's not always on your mind as much Mm -hmm. and then anxiety is on the other end of the spectrum really fear of the future it is and so you're not able to even be in the present when you're in the end of the paradigm yeah no, absolutely. And um, another little poem that the writer Elizabeth Gilbert wrote is, You are afraid of surrender because you don't want to lose control, but you never had control. All you had was anxiety. That's true. <laughs> it's very true. It's exactly what I have. <laughs> had. Right? Have, but I... navigate through it easier now. <laughs> right? I feel like the reason why we're so inclined to dwell and ruminate on the the future like that is because we think it's a self-protection coping mechanism yeah you know if we can think about the future and we can prepare ourselves for every single catastrophe that could happen then we could protect ourselves from what could happen right and what's effed up about that is that that is the perfect recipe to numbing joy yeah we live like that for a long time (laughs) the hypervigilance the hypervigilance um (laughs) i've been told it's called foreboding joy but you know foreboding joy is like life's going well relationships going well so yeah something must has to go wrong Yes. When, (laughs) When when's the bomb gonna go off right a shoe is gonna drop i can just feel it right (laughs) before (laughs) yeah exactly right that's i think that's where the sabotage self-sabotage or or looking for something to be wrong 
Yeah. My gosh. Well, um, how, how do you think we can cultivate more bravery and courage in our lives? What do you think is like a tool that we could use a bit more to kind of just... Hmm, tools. The first thing that popped into my mind is be friends with it. Be friends with the fear and almost treat it... I, I'm, I'm making a tool up as I, as I talk. That's why I'm stuttering. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, if we regard fear, or if we can, as something that's not really like, ah, I don't want to be afraid, or I'm not going to avoid it, but kind of how I would treat my children if they were afraid, and that is my child. Like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Everybody's afraid sometimes. Like, give me, give me, give myself the reassurance that I need, that I'm looking for other people to give me. Yeah. The validation, I'm like, did I do a good job? Is yeah. it going to be okay? Like, sometimes people can't tell you that. And so I just have to give that to myself. And maybe it's baby steps, not having like, oh, I'm going to change my life or the whole, you know, I'm going to incorporate this new habit or new learn this new skill and I'm going to master it in an X amount of time. Or And that's kind of setting yourself up. And then you're disappointed. Then you, I'm talking about relapse. You're like, ah, well, what's the point? Like, yeah. what's the point? I'll just go back to my old habits that don't mm. work. It sounds like, uh, <laughs> sounds like you're saying self-compassion. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. Self-compassion. Right? Self-compassion. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the hardest thing for me right now too. It's coming evident and more clear and clear that that is the solution to a lot of my problems is I need more self-compassion and self-compassion is essentially recognizing that you are made of strength and struggle at the exact same time and that you are imperfect just like everyone else you're perfectly imperfect hell yeah i am <laughs> we need you that way and i think in a compassionate realm of virtue <laughs> yeah it's it's self-forgiveness yes it's i find when i bring it up or working with people or even my family members or myself that was the hardest thing and it's an ongoing process i've noticed is the more you learn or the more you're like, oh, there was a time like I was angry at this person or I'm blaming or I want them to like, you know, feel my pain and know how what they caused for me and realizing like, well, I'm the one sitting in it. Yeah. That's me doing it mm. and not having those moments of like, it's okay. It's okay. You didn't, you know, now let's work on forgiving myself and loving myself and doing things for, for her. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds a lot like the um, DBT practice of um, radical acceptance. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it is exactly that. <laughs> right? Radical acceptance is like saying to yourself, you know, even though this thing that happened to me was incredibly shitty, I still accept myself and I am not going to let it control me. Right. Right? It's yes. almost like asking for closure when you can't get closure. Yeah, you have to give it to yourself. And uh, yeah. it's difficult to navigate that when you don't know how. And you got to make it up. Yeah. It's, and also, especially if you don't think you're worthy of it, too. Right. Yeah. If you think that what you did was so heinous and so awful, or what would happen to you was so heinous and so awful, that there is no room for forgiveness. Yeah. Interestingly enough, there 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 is... The only thing getting in the way of you and your self-worthiness is you. That's right. Right? There is no prerequisites to being self-worthy. And it's too heavy to carry. It doesn't mean they're getting away with it or 
it's forgotten. It's impacted you and it eventually becomes learning and strength. But at the time, I mean, you, everyone hates hearing that. Yeah. I, don't, I have had lots of times where I'm like, I don't want to be strong. I don't want to be strong anymore. I don't want to be resilient. I want to be loved and nurtured and I just want to be held and, and acknowledged. Like, I feel weak. I feel hurt. And, yeah. and that's okay. I feel fucking mad sometimes. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you said resilience. And I feel like that's one of these um, misunderstood virtues of society these days is that, you know, you need to be resilient in order to be brave. And yeah, what's interesting is that like when, when I say it that way, it sounds as though you need to have a shield protecting yourself. What's called resilience. Yeah. And it's not true. Actually, I think it's the actual opposite what resilience actually is, is resilience is letting yourself and giving yourself permission to surrender to the emotional experience and coming out of it and learning something new from it. That is what resilience is. And then there's some kind of transformation that happens so that you can't unknow what you now know. Yeah. And it kind of like, that's how you build the the immune system to the fear essentially or to the things that are blocking you from being brave right right you gotta force yourself through it anyways yeah and and yeah the avoidance the feelings come back stronger the not speaking to it 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 just it doesn't go away it just becomes heavier and heavier and heavier so Mm -hmm. that you're exactly speaking to that you're not fully able to live anymore you're just living in the like energy of trying to avoid or trying to repress or trying not to feel these feelings or trying not to think. And it's like, that's too much work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when, when my grandma died, um, my counselor gave me some really great advice. Well, he, he's essentially first said was just like, this is going to suck. Um, <laughs> yeah. But glad he you, said, glad you said that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thank you. Um, but well, he gave me two words to hold on to, and I, I did just say them, but it was permission and surrender. Mm. Give yourself permission to surrender to the grief. Yeah. There was a moment, I remember Adam was in town from Montreal, and oh, he nice. decided to make do like a big barbecue, um, trying to invite, uh, inviting as many cousins as possible. I remember it was um, Rebecca, who's um, Jeremy's girlfriend, we were all sitting at a table and she just uh, paused. I don't know. She got everyone to stop talking. And then she's like, Luke, what's something you're joyful for? Mm. And my grandma just died, you know, just a few weeks ago. And I was feeling very um, vulnerable, upset, um, sad. But because I really was holding on to permission and surrender, what came out of my mouth shocked all the cousins I remember looking at Matt's face being like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I said, my melancholy and sorrow is giving me joy. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's complicated. That's real. <laughs> yeah. It's true because if you don't experience that, you don't know what joy is. Exactly. Yeah. And it also like it, it is, I noticed that knowing grief is, not linear (laughs) no timeline but if you're like i don't want to deal with that if you know oh i'm 
feeling like crying or I'm angry or I don't want to deal with this. That's all a part of it. And then you get into those accepting stages and it can all happen in one day or it can happen over a year. It can pop out of nowhere. And one thing that really helped me is just saying like telling myself because I was getting so frustrated. Why are you not over this now? And things like that, like move on. And uh, I'm working on it. Like relax. I'm a human. I'm a human being with very beautifully strong and sensitive feelings and that is one of my best traits and helps me feel so deeply on all ends of the spectrum for other people and myself mm-hmm. so i can just tell myself take the time you need take all the time you take take lifetimes there's no yeah. rush <laughs> and after i did that it started to lessen and it started to relax and it started to come and go and, and then and I, I stabilized into more acceptance and more peace and more mm. that holding energy like as yeah. if i was comforting a child yeah i had an interesting experience going through this grief was that small talk was just like i i did have no i had no patience for it i agree i'm i'm like that no matter what <laughs> That's why I'm doing this podcast, Luke. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm so happy to have you. But yeah, like p- small talk, being like, what's your favorite color? What's, um, you know, I feel disappointed. I feel, how, what, what, what is it? The, the thing that comes to mind is like... Apathetic, maybe? It's not really apathetic. It's, oh, it's like a little small betrayal. Oh. That's what it feels like. It feels like... Inauthentic inauthentic right it feels like um the thing that was coming into my mind was the uh the Gottmans who are famous for their research on relationships they described this phenomenon called sliding door moments Mm. where you know Mr. Gottman describes sliding door moments as like you know I've got one more chapter of my uh murder mystery book and I'm gonna find out who done it and I'm so excited I'm gonna get into my pajamas and I'm gonna rush to bed as excited as I can and just read the last chapter before bed and as he's walking down the hallway at the corner of his eye he sees his wife in the bathroom looking sad and so here's the sliding door moment is do I ignore it Mm. and just keep going and reading that book or do I slide open the door grab the hairbrush comb her hair and ask her what's wrong oh right so it it, you know a little bit of this betrayal that happens is like do you not see me grieving and sad? (laughs) And all you want to ask me is like, oh, what'd you do last week? Is that it? Mm. Like, there's this part of me that was like angry almost. And I guess that's kind of the, one of the the symptoms of grief, right? That's completely natural. It feels like you want the world to stop. Like, don't, how can you all keep going? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what we really need in human connection is somebody to really cry with us. Just hold our hand and hug us and not say things. No words can even help in in a deep grief and loss anyways. Yeah. I, yeah, I made a list of that when I had a, a pregnancy loss. And I was like, these things that people say suck. Don't help. They mean to help, but it made it way worse. Yeah. These things did help. And I chose to like just say it to everybody to share my story in that, in that area. Mm-hmm. And there's more to the story, but I'm I don't need to get into it today, but I chose that because I knew I'm like, okay. This is extremely painful. This is more painful physically 
and emotionally and I'm grieving this realization of the relationship I'm in is very hurting me again <laughs> yeah and I'm just going to share that piece without demonizing anyone but just from my my experience everyone knows there's no secrets there's no embarrassment there's no shame it's already out there and people won't be coming up to me asking me like oh how's the pregnancy going so I don't have to keep opening that wound right it's just there it is it's open I'm bleeding everywhere <laughs> crying yeah. everywhere and um was that a helpful strategy yeah I think I, I could accept it and deal with the the outpouring of reactions from others I could have been more private but for me I think it opened up a safe space for a lot of other women apparently everyone all of a sudden had a story they wanted to share with me and um it opened up a deeper connection with the spirit realm too to mm. be like i don't have to deny that happened and that i experienced such a deep love for something i couldn't hold oh wow i can still i can still hold it yeah yeah hold it in my heart and and help other people have that experience and and witness them doesn't matter how long it's been like some people like i was getting stories from little old ladies out of nowhere and them saying like i've never told anyone this and about their their babies or children that died wow that um they've just been carrying with them and you can just see it in their face and their eyes this heaviness and that it relaxing and and then like accepting a hug and just thanking like thanking each other for like like that's all it takes yeah it just takes being witnessed and accepted wow. and held in those moments which took courage it took courage to say that yeah <laughs> <on> topic <laughs> absolutely you know i feel like what you're also trying to allude to subtly is also <laughs> the surrender to vulnerability that's right yeah it's so scary to be vulnerable but that's how we truly connect with each other and that's why we're not happy in these surfacey how's the weather conversations yeah <laughs> right i know you're reminding me of um a time when i was working at starbucks during the pandemic where this girl came up and i was on till and she's like hi yeah i'm here for my my free birthday drink and i'm like oh, <laughs> awesome that's amazing happy birthday and like i uh, <laughs> i scan her phone and i see that com what comes up was like no birthday coupon or something and I'm like oh, oh. Did, did you did you just download the app today and she's like yeah I did I did I'm like oh okay usually the coupons don't show up on the same day but it's okay <laughs> happy birthday and um uh, I asked her I'm like what are you gonna do for your birthday uh today and she says I'm going back to the hospital I just got diagnosed with cancer today oh my yeah happy birthday <laughs> at all <laughs> thanks for giving her a drink anyways i know <laughs> it was kind of devastating you know because i just saw you know like i saw the on her hand there's like the place where they're probably putting in the iv and she had gauze on her hand and i i think there's a shock when yeah. something like that happens and i just put my hand on my heart and i just stared at her and like what was going through my head was like oh my god i could give you free drinks for a whole year i could give you all the breakfast sandwiches in my fridge like you're not going to be hungry so you know I, I was just thinking 
how can I help? So then something came over me where I realized nothing I do is actually going to help. And yeah. I just I just sat there and I, I just held my heart and I just breathed with her, essentially. I, I just didn't know what to do. And I think that moment really just like bubbled over in her. I don't think she was expecting a response that was just silence and shock and shared connection that yeah. like she started crying and so you helped her feel safe to express what she's feeling yeah by just sitting and being with her yeah mm-hmm. and i <laughs> i remember telling this to my coworkers, and all of them just like had this like thump or this thud of like devastation immediately come over them yeah and i told them that and then I don't know why I did this, but I I shared a quick little, like, thing on Facebook, just kind of like a quick little recap of the story. And I had some comments in the, in the comment sections just saying, like, why are people sharing their whole life story with retail workers? That's so terrible. And then another guy just being like, Luke, I want you to be more positive from now on. I'm going to pray for you. Uh, This is not acceptable. (laughs) I hope I didn't comment something dumb like that. I don't think you did. No. (laughs) I don't think I would. No, but... Sorry to call them dumb. I'm sure they're very smart. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... Their comments, though. (laughs) It really... It kind of goes to show that this is, like, compassion. Yeah. It's probably one of the most bravest things that we could do. It is. And it's... We're humans. If I... Yeah, I get feisty about this because... Somehow, some way, we have this illusion of separation mm-hmm. that we're not connected, that we don't experience these emotions as human beings, mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter what, how the interaction is happening. It happened. Yeah. In that moment, you saw there was a need and you met her need mm-hmm. without doing anything except being human with her. That is beautiful. I think what we're... What I'm trying to allude to is like one of the tools that we can give ourselves when we are feeling the fear and we need to be brave is silence. Mm. Sometimes we don't need to fix anything. Sometimes we don't need to say anything. Sometimes the best thing that we can do is just share the silence between two people. Mm -hmm. Right? And I think it's the most vulnerable thing we could do as well because what gets in the way is just trying to make things better sometimes too right and uh i think maybe in a sense fixing other people is a way of avoiding Mm -hmm. the uh the reality of what's actually going on oh big time i've been a big known trying to fix person yeah (laughs) yeah want to help you yeah yeah like let me help you like oh have you tried this have you tried that maybe should be uh thinking more about this maybe you should be doing that and it becomes hurtful right yeah when people aren't what you need to ask be asked for advice sometimes you are asked and sometimes you just need to be present and mm-hmm. sometimes you need to realize some people don't want to be helped it was um dr susan david who's the head psychologist at the harvard medical department she had this beautiful metaphor to describe what we're talking about and it's write a list of all the emotions that you might be feeling currently right and uh, I don't know, we've talked about a lot of emotions, but let's just say, for example, you know, I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling uncertain, I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling angry. When we 
live in a world where everyone is just trying to fix each other and they're too afraid and not willing to be brave to see someone in their pain what they will tell you is to flip the page yes and focus on all the things you're actually grateful for yeah right and what that is actually telling people is that your reality is not more important than my comfort yes it's like what can i do i want you to feel better so i feel better like that yeah (laughs) right and what you're really doing is you're denying the existence of someone's reality right and that is um that's gaslighting that's right (laughs) and gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse big experience with the gaslighting yeah it's so much now that i just say it out loud yeah that's gaslighting (laughs) (laughs) can't do it i know what it is (laughs) right i even see myself doing it sometimes but it's it's the the awareness of like to myself even (laughs) gaslight myself oh yes it's the awareness of like not using these things maliciously and with awareness to manipulate people mm-hmm. or yourself yeah and i was doing that also like i was big on affirmations so still am i love affirmations that praying really helps me meditation is that essentially like that's when i'm able to do that that's me taking my brain out letting myself just be peaceful and helping myself through difficult emotions by feeling them instead of writing nice beautiful phrases or saying them to myself that's beautiful for reprogramming your brain but if you haven't felt the feelings it's just pushing them down Dear Brambling Podcast is also in association with Universal Art Expressions and the Body and Mind Power Mentorship Programs. Sometimes the world is a confusing place of uncertainty. Memories of the past can make it scary to trust our own choices. Perhaps you've tried counseling and therapy and your issues still feel unresolved. You notice patterns keep repeating or you don't feel safe, seen, and heard in your intimate relationships. You can be held in a container of acceptance and safety for all of you and find a new way forward to navigate life's challenges. Universal Art Expressions and the Body and Mind Power Mentorship Programs are provided by Sarah Helton, who is a Reiki practitioner and ceremonialist, a space holder and healing mentor, a healing arts curator, facilitator, and artist, as well as a dream guide. If you'd like to inquire more about any mentorship programs with Sarah Helton, you can do so by visiting bodyandmindpower.com. saying self-gaslighting I found that there's a a language that's typically tied to self-gaslighting which is the coulda shoulda wouldas yeah throw those words away (laughs) right I remember uh my coworker. I don't really remember the full context but she's like oh yeah this happened to me and I feel like I should be doing this and like that person said I should be doing this and like maybe I could have done that but you know and I I just remember like grabbing her shoulders and just looking her in the eye and just be like stop gaslighting yourself yeah right and she's like what do you mean what 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 do you mean i'm like how do you feel now what do you feel like you are going to do 
right now in this moment because of how you feel. And she's like, I just want to do nothing. I'm like, then yeah. that's what you should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> right? She's like, yeah. but that's not productive. That's not going to help me. I'm like, yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of uh, core beliefs and, and rewriting these these beliefs we have deep in our core and our root of the shoulds and the coulds and the woulds and knowing, like, mm. it's a bunch of BS and you just don't need to could or should do anything. It's do what you want. And what do you want? Yeah. It's not selfish to take care of your feelings and to feel and to do nothing mm-hmm. and to be tired and to, to feel depressed or feel anxious. All of it's okay. Yeah. We're all trying our best. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's, uh, it's how you be healthy with yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one counseling session, my counselor just said, Luke, stop shooting all over yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. We're going to use that. <laughs> right? Oh, it was so good. I don't know. This whole conversation is just really fortifying the idea that vulnerability is our greatest measure of courage and bravery. Mm-hmm. To be open, to be willing to risk uncertainty, to be bloodied and battered and bruised in the arena. But that's where joy is as well. <laughs> Yay! So I just, I wanted to ask you as well, Sarah, if you're willing, would you be willing to tell me about a time where you had to be really brave? Yeah, there's been many times. Uh, But the, what one am I going to (laughs) choose? That, I think the one I spoke to you at the beginning is when I walk away from something I love Mm. so deeply. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, the biggest lesson of most recently mm. is seeing what role I've played in how I show up in relationships and mm. walking away from that dynamic, from the past, from seeing a person that is making choices and I'm making choices and I'm choosing basically to take responsibility or to choose like there's something different. Only I can change myself. And I can no longer have to acknowledge and accept this person is not wanting to change. But whether they've said it in various many ways, they have, mm. by the way they treat me, in the very actual little words, I don't want to change. <laughs> and uh, realizing, like, I've been projecting my love onto this, my, well, why don't you try this? Or what, let's do this together. And getting angry and resentful or feeling unseen and unheard and unappreciated and realizing like that's because Sarah you're putting a person before your belief and your faith in yourself and in in God in your creation Mm. in your life you're putting it all in this person yeah and that is too hard for them to carry and for yourself to uphold yeah so choosing to walk away from something I thought I loved it was the most courageous thing because I, I didn't know I believed I don't know, it's just, I would have to face the demons in my own mind. Wow. I'd have to face the, the reality of being a mom alone and realizing I'm not alone, mm. but it felt like you're really alone for a while. Mm. And sitting alone with yourself when you're, it could be easy to blame somebody else, I think took a lot of, of courage and ongoingly takes courage for me to face that. And a lot of self-forgiveness and a, a lot of radical acceptance and... Yeah. Uh, that's the most courage I could ever have had. And then uh, I'll give one more example. 
is also recently, and it has to do with Owen. Um, having kids takes courage because you're constantly, okay, I have actually no control over these beings. I'm here as their protector, their guide, their mother, their nurturer, and it's the most honorable world, but they are their own people making their own choices. So my role is to give them opportunities and support them and with whatever choice they make with unconditional right. love. I can still have boundaries and everything like that, but they're doing their thing, whether I like it or not, no matter what age they are. <laughs> and having that, like, they're gonna get hurt. They're gonna get hurt. They're gonna get hurt. And I don't want them to. Mm. <laughs> and I can't stop it. And I just, uh, I think that takes a lot of courage for me, that constant surrender and letting go every day yeah. into that. Um, trusting my mothering abilities, trusting them. Yeah. And trusting the world around them to hold them and keep them safe. And I, I was with Owen and we were uh, scuba diving. So your story about zip lining, I was like, oh, I had to do that again with him doing scuba diving. I did a scuba diving, didn't really want to, but I was like, well, then he can have a buddy and then he's more safe and I'll face my fear. And I, I didn't realize I was even facing a fear until I was in, in it. And I almost quit four times. Really? And he was laughing at me. He was like, mom, I've never seen you almost quit something before. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a big quitter, not at all. <laughs> it takes me a lot to quit things yeah. and uh, or make a new choice, we'll call it. Okay. And uh, he, it was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable in the suit. I realized what I was really afraid of is that I was afraid I couldn't protect him. I couldn't see him underwater. I couldn't really breathe. It was very scary and uncomfortable and full surrender many days in a row and very demanding on your on your body yeah um it's not for the faint of heart and to see him just uh excel and shine and embrace his passion and his his own courage and like something he really wants to do for this planet mm. and for himself like i didn't want to miss that i wanted yeah. to be present for that i won't always be at every scuba dive with him but i got to see him start the journey and I got to finish and get certified with him. I didn't give up, um, but I identified like that was my fear. I can't, I can't protect my kids all the time. It's horrifying. <laughs> Fudge. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's like a what do you call that? A paradox. The courage uh -huh. is coming that I have to let go of them and have uh -huh. to walk away from things I love. I have to let what I love be themselves, essentially. Yeah. Without my constant influence. Right. Yeah, I, I remember, um, I think it was in the Philippines where Ben and Rachel wanted to do scuba diving. And I did scuba diving with them for like one day. And I think I was just so, so incredibly overwhelmed by the experience. It is that... so overwhelming. And obviously, Luke, I'll tell you, it's not uncommon. People quit all the time because it's too overwhelming. So I was like... A, an archetype of scuba diving <laughs> and then I felt really bad and like needy and they're like not at all you're not even we've had way worse like they made fun of me because I would say I'm quitting as I'm walking into the water and putting my mask on and my snorkel in <laughs> I'm not coming back this is crap <laughs> like okay I'm quitting <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, like, I don't know if I was necessarily like scared, overwhelmed, but I mm -hmm. think I was just, I, I needed the time to process, right? It yeah. was just so much stimulus, yes. far too much stimulus. And I didn't have, 
any space for my response mm. and I needed to give myself space and uh, there wasn't really any time for space. It was like, well, if you want to take the course, you got to do it now. Yeah. You got to fork down your pesos and, you know, <laughs> go. And Ben and Rachel were just like, yeah, let's go. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, uh, no, not, not, give me a few more years. <laughs> and it's right? way different in this water. That's Is why it? I couldn't see anything. Like, it was... You need really good conditions. You can see you can see stuff, but in the practice session, it was very very limited visibility. In the Philippines, it's a little bit more. I mean, like you're not in this dry suit. You're it's more free, and that is overwhelming in itself because you're in a foreign country with all kinds of things. Everything underwater is different. Your vision is different. Everything is really loud. Getting the idea of breathing underwater like that takes an adjustment period in itself. Yeah. Like wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm breathing underwater. How does this yeah. even work? And they're doing tests like let's flood your mask intentionally to see, to see if you can clear it and let's turn your air off intentionally to see if you can emergency rise to the surface and you're doing these things over and over again. So your just nervous system is like right? So no wonder. Yeah, yeah. give yourself the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sarah, I uh I've been loving this conversation. I was just wondering, would you want to go into a quick little rapid fire to a rapid fire? End it off. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Quick little rapid fire. I want to know what rapid fire questioning is like with me. Okay, yeah, let's see. (laughs) Let's see what happens. So, first question is um, fill in the blank. Okay. What does vulnerability mean to you? Vulnerability means authentically expressing yourself, whether you, no matter what the perceived reaction will be. Well, say that again, just one more time. We'll try. I don't even know. It's just flowing. Uh, Vulnerability is saying and thinking and expressing yourself exactly the way you want in the moment without thinking or caring about how you're going to be perceived by others. Wow. Mic drop. Mic drop. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Okay. What is your favorite television show? Oh, what is it? My favorite television show right now is Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I haven't finished the latest season yet, but... I, I don't know about the latest season. They drink too much in it. <laughs> <laughs> Every show. I'm like, how are you? And then Owen's like, they're ending the world. They can just drink. I'm like, they can't save the world drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> then again. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What is your favorite meal? <laughs> I love what I eat for breakfast, which is a bowl of fruit, a banana, some cereal, coconut milk, some kind of yogurt, and protein. It's like a bowl of everything, and I just love that meal so much. Mm. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. I'm getting hungry. And ice cream. Oh, and ice cream? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a favorite song or musician or band? I can't pick just one, but I'm very partial to Pink Floyd. I never get sick. David Gilmer is my boyfriend, but specifically 1970s. And uh, another favorite band. I'm really enjoying right now Frameworks as a favorite band, if I'm going with mm-hmm. a modern a modern touch. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm okay. really classic. I like classic bands like Led Zeppelin. And I always go back. That's my roots. That's your roots. Back to the 70s. I must have lived in that era or something. You must have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Pokemon? I have to ask this because this is me. 
Uh, I only know Pikachu, but I feel like I should know more because my kids really love. That's okay. Pokemon. I'm wearing Pikachu right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, Sarah, you are called to be brave, and it's very real. What is the first thing that you do? Panic. No. <laughs> um, the first thing I do probably make this face, which is like my determined face. You make a determined face, make yeah. A determined face. I was gonna say, like, so you furrow your brows, you yeah. perch your lips a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I know this is audio. Um, and then I make a plan. Mm. I usually make a plan in my head, at least. Like, uh, there's there'll be an element, like a brief period of like, here I go in, and I, I then I I can see myself running towards the thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. While I'm formulating a plan. While you're formulating. I'm making the face. <laughs> so you're, you're running towards it while you're making a face and you're formulating a plan while you're running. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> With my Wonder Woman bracelets. Ching, ching, ching. Heck yes. <laughs> Do you have a favorite superhero? Wonder Woman. I also like Black Widow. Yeah. Spider-Man was my first favorite. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I used to watch the old Spider-Man when I was little. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I just love all the superhero stuff. Right. I just love the fantasy. I love Star Wars. I just love Lord of the Wings. I love all the backstories and how they make up worlds within worlds. It's so exciting to me. Right. I yeah. get that. I really do. <laughs> what is the best piece of advice you were ever given? Or what was the worst piece of advice that you were ever given and you have to warn us about it? Oh, good you can You can choose. Okay, I think I got them pretty quickly. Okay. One is my dad, and he, taking a little spin on this too, because I'm realizing this as well. So part one is my dad, part two is me. He's, he said when I was going through that challenging time and looking for places to live and having a hard time, because no one really trusts a single mom with two kids and a dog, apparently. Mm. And <laughs> I had to act, be courageous and be very confident and he told me, don't look for the place you think you can afford in the situation you're in. Look for the home you want to live in. Imagine the home you want to become. And I take that to be like, I'm creating the home within myself. I'm my, mm. I'm my home. Home is where I am. And wow. he also says, if you can conceive it, you can achieve it. And I always remember that. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and... My mom also, I'll give my mom some credit too, because I felt like she needs some love here in the conversation. She said, when I wanted to be more than one thing, you know how yeah. you talk about what you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. I just remember her saying like, you can be both. You can be all of those. She never made me choose one thing. I love which that. Which would have been impossible knowing myself as I am a, a, in a woman body. <laughs> There's no one thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then the worst, um, it's from a counselor. Hmm worst advice ever is like she said you can't trust yourself in these moments everyone has moments of violent abuse and mm -hmm. i was like okay <laughs> and uh yeah don't trust yourself because that leads to you having emotional affairs with other people and i was like that's not true at all okay <laughs> that's so garbage <laughs> that's not even it uh, what trust yourself Maybe don't trust all your feelings and react to them. That could be true. But, and um, they don't lead to emotional affairs. It doesn't make any sense, first of all. And um, 
there, maybe it's out of context, but like emotional affairs happen because your needs aren't being met in some way. Right. And, and that just means that you're finding some kind of uh, emotional support in somebody. And I've also learned like I can validate myself and meet those needs myself. But I would say like choose the, your counselor wisely and don't believe everything they say. Mm. Come to your own tools and your own awareness and your own healing and shop around. Shop around for your therapy. Yeah. And try all different modalities. There's endless opportunities of healing things that we can do for ourselves. And you don't need to pay money, expensive money per hour to do it. It's the whole reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Well, is there um, any uh, anything you'd want to say to uh, the next generation or to Desmond or to, you know, is there anything you want to say? Yeah. Thank you for your existence. I can't wait to hold you. And for now, I'll just hold you telepathically. I love babies so much. And you are the future. You're inheriting the earth from us. Nature is free and so is breathing and so are we. Aww. Know that's in your mind. And that you are so, so loved because you come from love. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate having you on the the show thank you it's an honor i loved connecting with you yeah it was lovely love you love you too well there we go <laughs> that's my conversation with my cousin sarah helton i hope you enjoyed you know i like i said before i think i am going to remember this conversation for the rest of my life every time i listen to it i smile, I laugh, I cry, I, I, what I really appreciate about this conversation is that it just felt very real. It felt like two humans who really did see each other in that moment and were listening and learning and exploring and yeah, it felt like real connection and I really do thank you Sarah for coming onto the show and I do hope to maybe one day have you back. Courage to me is so important without courage there is no growth and without growth well you kind of just start feeling stuck and you feel purposeless sometimes you know to have courage is the only way to really move out of that stuck feeling and that is why i think it's such an important practice and so i'd like to ask you listener i asked sarah during the rapid fire questions there you know when you feel a great amount of fear and you know it's real what's the first thing that you do i want to ask that to you what's the first thing that you do go into the instagram comments at lucatronosaurus rex and um find the post to this uh podcast and let me know in the comments i'd love to hear from you but yeah with that being said um brambling i hope that when you listen to this you'll be able to learn how to cultivate your own sense of courage and bravery and that you'll live your life courageously and know that I love you. The Dear Brambling Podcast is a podcast dedicated to my little nephew, to the next generation of humans growing up in this world, as well as to those who might be looking for a little more guidance in their life. It is hosted by me, Luke Benoit, the editing and sound design are provided by MB Productions as well as Hideout Productions. The music that you're listening to is called Sunlight Cascading Through the Clouds by Artificial Music. 
If you'd like to follow me on any social media, I am on Instagram and Twitch at Rex. And for those who are still listening this far into the podcast, I'd like to take a moment to really thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'd also like to say that if you are experiencing any difficulties or pain in your life right now, there is still no substitute for a trained coach, counselor, or licensed therapist. If you are committed to putting in the work and really trying to better yourself as a human, I definitely recommend that you go searching and shopping for the right coach, counselor, or therapist for you. 